This August 25th Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. And we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 in any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, August the 24th. We have a full slate of action. 14 of them are priced up uh, for Friday, August the 25th. And we have a stellar team of handicappers tonight. Uh, not only have you got me, uh, you've also got Mr. Dylan Rockford. Dylan, a, hello, and B, how smart do you look, So Look at his little face. He's so I happy love to it. shit. I love it. I'm <laughs> counting down the days till Saturday. <laughs> Once this package came in, shout out Barry from getting it, it from Nottingham, the, the current grounds, you know. It's beautiful. I, I haven't had a smile on my face this big in a while, but uh, certainly the Mets aren't giving it to me. But Barry, shout out you for the jersey. <laughs> uh, can't wait for Saturday. Big game against Man United. Now, it's an early $1 fine for talking soccer, but yeah, you look great. Avi. I've never seen you so happy. Uh, and also join us, Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. You know, I was roasting this Yankees team for a while, but they're starting to grow on me because they've made me a ton of money in the past couple of weeks. It's been mm-hmm. a great time for all of us involved. Yeah, well, there's, there's two teams that need talking about tonight. Um, we'll get onto that in a minute. I'm just going to say hello to everyone who's joined us. Trevor's first in. Trevor's in early. Uh, Trev was here four or five minutes before kickoff time tonight. He wasn't um, he wasn't getting beat by anyone. Randy chased him home. Uh, Kane, God, hey Kane, how you doing? Um, he's asking a soccer question. One uh, one is the answer, Kane, uh, to your question. Matthews here. Uh, Moon after all the bosses here. Shit, everyone, uh, behave yourself. Sing the company anthem, etc. Right, the two teams we need to talk about are one, the LA Angels, or and two, the New York Yankees. Now, do you want to talk? Um, We'll talk about the Angels now because I think this is a little bit further reaching. Then we can talk about the Yankees when we get to their game in a little while. But yeah, overnight, the Angels officially sort of felt the pieces. And I don't think anyone in baseball at all is really enamoured with the uh, with the news that Shohei Otani will be pitching. Certainly for the rest of the season. And God knows for how long after that. I mean... I woke up and when I saw the news, my, my instant reaction, my instinct... Was it was inevitable? I just felt like you were waiting for it. Like there was no way this could go on forever. It was superhuman what he was doing, and I just felt like, oh yeah, that figure is like. But it's a, it's a mess with a man just on a on a level as as small as what happened yesterday. He got that news in between the two games of a doubleheader. So he's pitching the game. He had to come out. He then gets the news. He then goes out in game two and absolutely rakes with the bat again. The bloke's just unbelievable. Like, um, I mean, the lesser news, remarkably, is that Mike Trout came off the IL, sat on the bench for two days and went back on the IL. Um, so that was the end of him. I mean, Scott, 
There's not an awful lot you can say about any of this, can you? Uh, about which part? Otani or Trout? Uh, all of it. The whole thing's just a fucking mess. It is. Truth is, if you've been following the uh, Otani over the last month or so, you can tell that the Angels were basically just waiting for him to die because he kept getting pulled from starts and he kept getting pulled early from games. And there were a couple of times he had some cramps a couple of weeks ago and he was still playing the game after. They just weren't giving him any days off at all when he clearly needed it. And it looked like the Angels were literally waiting for him to just fall apart physically. I have a fun conspiracy theory. They're waiting for him to get injured so they can oh, pay yeah. him less money in the offseason. That's my fun consu- That's my fun conspiracy theory. They couldn't afford him, so they figured, screw it. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm not surprised that Otani got hurt. At the end Why of the day, you when you're, you're, put, you're putting that much strain on your body day in, day out, and you're getting no days off in between, your body can't handle it. And I know I'm, like, half-joking when I said that the Angels were kind of playing some 3D chess by trying to maybe reduce the asking price for Otani by getting him hurt. I know I'm kind of being facetious there, but to be honest, that might have been the Angels' argument. It might have been, you know what? He's going to leave in the offseason anyway. Might as well get all we can get out of this guy. And as a result, they killed him. So I hope you're happy. You ruined a really, really fun thing in the sport. Yeah, am I, am I, mean, I reading too much into it? Because I thought they should have traded him. I think we, I think we yeah, all did. They went for they an all-in push. It failed miserably. And then the Angels looked over and said, well, this guy's going to maybe get paid $500 million during the offseason. We're still paying Trout. We're still paying Rendon. They can't afford him. So what are they supposed to do? They just throw him out there. And, you know, the Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies. That's kind of how I interpreted the entire situation. I don't know if you got that Rocky Four reference or not, but there you go. Did you get that Rocky Four reference or not? <laughs> no. Uh, did you ever Man, see Rocky I discussed it was up. Um, uh, in Rocky fact, IV? it was the Premier League show last night, not the um, not the, the baseball show. But I've seen, I think I've seen seven films in my life, Scott. Okay, well, so, Rocky Four's with a uh, really, really tall Russian guy. And he basically just says, like, you know, are you aware that you basically killed the guy? And he's like, if he dies, he dies. That's how the Angels treated Otani. They just said, you know what? We're going to make the playoffs. We don't care what happens to you. You might leave in the offseason anyway. Get out of here. Enjoy. Here's playing every day and pitching every five days, no matter how many times your finger bothers you or no matter how many times you have a leg cramp. Suck it up and you're going to play. And I'm not surprised his body fell apart. The writing was on the wall for this, right? I mean, you said it was inevitable. You mentioned because of how just unfathomable the actual you know, level of play was. I mean, I'm talking about the warning signs of him getting hurt every week for the last month and a half, and the Angels yeah. weren't even giving him days off. Are you worried no, that yeah, he's going to continue to bat, though, through this? Didn't he do this his first year? He yeah, got hurt again when he was pitching and he was still hitting in the end? Yeah. I mean, the argument is he's going for 60 home runs. Is he going to get there? No. But if that's the argument, you know, you're trying to create a media frenzy. It's the only reason why anybody even cares about the Angels up to this point because they're not going to make the playoffs and Trout's hurt again. So if you're doing it for the media circus, then sure. Then again, the Angels are going to be selfish about it. My question is, if he's going to leave in the offseason and you're probably not going to bring him back, why would you rest him? You want to bring fans to the ballpark and he's going to leave in the offseason anyway. Sounds like a cruel thing to do, but I'm just being honest. No, I, yeah, I agree. 
Go, go. My fault. No, go I sound on, like a dick, but I'm just being no, honest. No, I, I agree. I think it actually complex free agency a little bit with Otani. You know, I, you said a lot of teams are going to throw a lot of money at him, That's and I agree. Wanted. I don't know if and, you can pay for somebody with a bad arm. But honestly, I, ironically, I think this gives the Angels a little better odds to keep him. You know, as, I know you were jo- partially joking, but I agree. I think him getting hurt now, I think he could sit back and be like, oh, well, maybe the, the market isn't as big as I thought it was going to be after this injury. I might as well stay here with a loyal team like the uh, Los Angeles yeah, Angels. A, a loyal team that killed me in the process. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just saying it was a bidding yeah. war. He's still going to get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Otani's still going to get like four hundred or maybe five hundred million dollars. I still think somebody's going to pay him. Having said is- that, would I personally pay five hundred million dollars for an elite hitter, an MVP caliber player whose arm might be in serious question for the near future? I would not pay him five hundred million dollars. Four hundred yeah. million, maybe five hundred, probably not. So you can argue maybe that took fifty million off the top, something like that, maybe. But I think he's leaving anyway. But I do think for Otani next year, I'll put it this way. If there's season-long props and I can take like the over on ERA or the under on innings pitched, I'm going to ta- fade Otani pitching next year. That's all I'm saying. I'm not backing a guy off a serious like elbow arm surgery to pitch well when he's going to be on a serious pitch count, uh, pitch innings limit, and once again, his arm might struggle. I, I do not have much faith in Otani pitching next year. I'll put that out there. I just think the whole thing for me is as a as a fan and as a watcher is just unsatisfactory, really. The whole the way the whole thing's kind of panned out. Although you always got the feeling it was inevitable. A little bit like when DeGrom went to Texas, you're just waiting for it. And I, it was just my instinct when I saw the news this morning. I wasn't surprised. Like I was like, Yeah, yeah, figures. I was just disappointed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappointed for everyone, baseball fans and the entire country of Japan and anyone who likes a bet or likes the sport or likes sport in general and these one-time um, phenomenon players that you see. So, yeah, the old thing's just, um, yeah, slightly unsatisfactory. I'm, right? I'm going to ask um, you, though, what do you think the chances are the Angels actually re-sign Otani? Like 5%? I was going to say 25 now. 25. So either way, the point is that there is a puncher's chance, but the majority of those uh, projections have Otani going to another team. So I'm yeah. not surprised the Angels kept playing him because they're going to try to get whatever they can out of him before he leaves. That's why they should have traded him. Yeah, and it's funny. The GM came out and said that he showed no signs this past month of leading Wait, up to it. You. <laughs> I know. Wasn't he in like a massive slump for like a month and he kept leaving games early because yeah. of injury? Like yeah. the, the writing was on the wall. I could have told you he was going to get hurt a while ago. I didn't think it'd be this bad. But I'm not shocked that he had a season-ending injury of some kind where they had to shut him down because he physically could not throw anymore. If you're a GM, Scott, and you're like the Giants or one of these big market teams that are probably going to be after him, are you worried about paying him four or five hundred million dollars as a pitcher? Because this is the second time in about five years he's going to have this surgery. You know, like looking forward, I don't think he's going to be the same pitcher. Hitting, I, I think he's still going to be a stud, but. I don't know about pitching anymore. Well, that's my point. That's why I would not pay $500 million for him because I think he's going to be a limited pitcher. I think he could still be effective at times. Do I think he's still going to be able to start X amount of games, give you seven innings per and strike out 10 per game? No, I don't see that happening. I think he's going to regress again. So once again, I'll fade Otani pitching next year. Hitting-wise, he's still going to be great. He's proven that he can still hit through injury before. But I think it does take some of the... I'd say appeal 
of paying the $500 million guy. I would not pay him $500 million, but once again, one team will. I think it might be Seattle, if I had mm. to guess. I think Seattle might do it, but I think that once again, he will get paid that money. I would not pay him $500 million. Would you? Uh, Matthew in the yeah. chat uh, suggesting suggesting Seattle as well. That's where he's going. Malcolm, would you? Yeah, would you pay Otani $500 million off a serious arm injury? No. No, not because I think there's... there's well, the one thing he does, he brings other things apart from yeah. just the... Massive the amounts of money know. from Japan. Yeah, exactly. With, with yeah. Fans. Massive amounts so of money for Jersey sales. Certain markets could probably get away with it. There's other markets that can't. Um, yeah. It was like Yao Ming with Houston. He got injured every year, but you were still making so much money selling jerseys in China that it ended up working itself out. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, there's definitely a team for him. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes away and teaches himself to throw left-handed and comes back and wins a Cy Young. That's the sort of bloke he is like. Um, so, we need to handicap some baseball, boys. We're going to be here forever. You want to talk about the uh, Yankees. I don't know why. Uh, We've been fading. I've been telling you to fade them for a month. You've made a ton of money. You might have been able to retire Yankees. if you've been fading them. They were minus 210. They were minus 210. They lost 9 of 10 games. They're laying 210 today. Scott, we're talking about the Yankees in a little minute. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> game time. Tickets and stuff. Uh, tickets is a nightmare. My Champions League tickets. Uh, there you go. Newcastle Champions League tickets. Uh, my money comes out the bank tomorrow. That's a stressful time. Um, but you won't get any stressful time buying tickets with game time. Um, you're not hunting down the best price. Come people that buy things like that. Uh, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theatre near you. Uh, you'll get the last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. Uh, lots of our uh, network colleagues have used game time for things like the flash deals, last minute tickets, the um, event cancellation protection. You get tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theatre. Uh, and the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if the tickets um, in the same section in row. If you find them for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Um, so snag the tickets that you want without the stress by downloading the GameTime app, creating an account using the code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, create an account, redeem the code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Underdog Fantasy, uh, we're in the last week of August now, so it's nearly football time. Uh, you're running out of time to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. Um, get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog. Uh, it's a live snake. There's no draft, no waivers. Just set it and forget it. Uh, the Best Ball Mania tournament has $15 million in prizes, uh, including a wild $3 million first prize. So visit underdogfantasy.com, find them in the App Store, sign up with the promo code SGPN uh, to get your first deposit, deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Oh, Baz has turned up to uh, have a look at Dylan's new shirt. Baz is delighted. Uh, well done, Barry. Uh, big effort there. Dylan, not, I've never seen Dylan this happen. It is, Scott. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, but Barry, this is the happiest I've ever seen, Dylan. You've uh, you've put a smile on his face bigger than uh, any girl he's ever known. Okay. We'll start with the 6-4 Eastern first pitch. The Houston Astros at the Detroit Tigers. Fran Valdez, left-handed pitcher for Houston. And Matt Manning goes for Detroit. Minus 170 on the Astros, plus 150 on Detroit. Totals at eight and a half. 
Um, as we speak, the Houston Astros have been torn a new one uh, by Boston. They are 17 to 1 down. They've given them 24 hits tonight. I'm guessing there's some uh, position pitching going on uh, since I came in here about half an hour ago. Um, but yeah, Dylan, we'll let you lead us off with the Astros at the Tigers tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully the the bats stay a little cold for the Astros because I'm going to take the under here. Uh, I got a nine. I still like under eight and a half. I made my total 8.3. I think we'll actually see a lower scoring game. I know Framber Valdez really hasn't looked good in the month of August, but under the hood, I don't think he's been that terrible. His hard hit rate on the road the past five games has been about around 30%, so it's under that 40% threshold. And I think this may be a good spot for him where he could bounce back. He already has a win against the Tiger or this Tiger team earlier in the year. He only gave up two runs in seven innings in that game and on the other side Matt Manning since returning he's only had three home starts but two of those three games have gone under the number small sample size but he does seem to be better pitch pitch better in Detroit so uh, I'm gonna back both pitches here I think we'll see a lower scoring game uh maybe like a 4-1-4-2 type game but I'm gonna go under eight and a half here okay Dylan takes the under Scott yeah, for me, I'm going to lean to Houston on the run line here. Uh, maybe it's just because of the fact that they're getting buried right now. I'm hoping for a better effort tomorrow. Might be one of those where they got embarrassed and maybe they'll have an extra chip on their shoulder for this matchup. Uh, Valdez, I think, is the better pitcher. I know he's been struggling a bit lately, but I think that he's still better than Manning. Manning's home road numbers are pretty alarming, and he's been really bad at home. 6.05 ERA compared to a 3.57 ERA on the road. And to look at the last couple starts Manning's made, he was good his last two outings, both of them on the road, though. His last couple home starts, though, five and two-thirds, eight runs allowed, six of them earned against the Rays, had a five-inning, seven-earned run start against the Angels. Outing before that, two innings, one hit against the Padres. I don't really know why he only pitched two innings there, but each of his last three home starts, the Tigers have lost by at least four runs, and the Tigers have allowed at least ten runs in those as a team. I'm going to go with the Astros on the run line here. Once again, maybe I'm overreacting to them getting up for a random game against the Tigers, but they lost 17 to one at home. I'm expecting a much better effort this time around. I'll lean to the Astros run one. I am. Um, I've gone completely the other way and taken Detroit here on the money line plus 150. Um, I was quite disappointed with the fact Houston got battered tonight because I handicapped these games is as you all know, sort of in the afternoon before, in the afternoon, my time before all of this has started. And I, uh, part of my handicap said I, I would struggle to take Houston at the moment, just the form that they're in. And then uh, they go out and do that tonight. Uh, Manning, have, uh, yeah, I just think he might have found something in the last two starts. I know there's the home road splits that Scott mentions, but his last two starts have been okay. I don't mind the Detroit offense as well. There's a couple of players who I've been waiting on to come good. Akil Badu's another one uh, who's been going okay. I just think of the prices. Um, I can't be laying minus 170 with either uh, Valdez or with Houston. So the alternative is the big dog. We'll take Detroit plus 150. 6.40 Eastern first pitch is the Washington Nationals uh, and the Miami Marlins. We have Johan Adon going for Washington in left-handed pitch. Uh, Braxton Garrett goes for Miami, plus 188 on the Nats, minus 192 on the Marlins. Total is eight or eight and a half. Uh, Johan Adon, 1-0 on the year with an ERA of seven, has appeared in five games, has started in three of those. Um, he was going okay until Philly got to him last time for six earned runs. 
Um, what's it now for in his last three starts? It's just a really average profile for a done. Is all really you can say about that. And watch watching tonight. I wasn't impressed with the lineup when they roll it out on paper, but then they don't play on paper and Washington got it done again tonight. They've been going really well. And they've been going well against left-handed pitching. We, we point this out a lot, uh, but it just, just seems to go under the radar. How many times this week? I mean, I was saying Washington at a price of over 150 and they just go and win games. Um, Braxton Garrett's been excellent uh, for Miami. Seven and four, 394 ERA. He's got a 257 in his last five. He's given up maximum three earned runs. He's faced some good opposition as well. Uh, the Dodgers and Houston are in there. Miami have won four of his last five. I do like Washington. I've enjoyed following him. with profitable for us. But I can't fade. I've, I've got to fade it done. And Miami is so much better at home. So much more comfortable at home. I think they're 10 games over 500 at home. So that's enough to swing it. Um, the price is short, so I'll take the run line. Uh, so I'll take Miami to cover the spread, Scott. Yeah. What did you say the money line was on uh, both teams? The, what uh, Plus 188, Washington. Minus 192, Miami. Yeah, that's what I thought. You said, you mentioned how I can't lay, you can't lay like 178 with Valdez and the Astros. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm laying 190 with the Marlins. That's just not going <laughs> to yeah, happen. Yeah, right. You're looking at the Nationals. They've won nine of 12. So nine and three in the last 12. I'm not fading that team. I know eight on last year was an auto fade. And his, most of his career was an auto-fade, but this year has actually been okay. Garrett's been fine, too, but it's mostly just based on the line here. Miami's only two games over. It's not like they're, once again, a great team. They've completely fallen apart in the second half. I just think when you're looking at a line, I think this is a little bit too large. I, I would have Miami as a favorite, but I think that 150, maybe 160 is fair. But, I mean, 190, I think you're pushing it. I'm taking the Nationals. Once again, they've won 9 of 12. It's not like they're a bottom feeder that's been rolling over. They've been competitive lately. They've been winning some games. Give me a pretty big plus money uh, price in the spot. I can't argue with it at all, Scott. Uh, yeah, I'll hold my breath and take the fish on the run line with you as well, uh, Malcolm. I know they've been awful. In uh, Nationals, they've been very competitive, 9-3, and three, like Scott said, in the last 12 games. But they really haven't been competitive against the Marlins this year. They're 0-6 head-to-head. And Garrett does have a nice win over them in D.C. But he's just a much better pitcher at home than he is on the road. He's only allowed more than three runs one time in his last seven home starts. I think they have the pitching advantage on top of Adon not being someone I really want to back on the road uh gives up a lot too much hard contact for my likings and like you said Mal, they're just uh, the marlins are just much better at home than they are away i think they've been dying to get home from this road trip so as long as we're getting plus money i'll, I'll take the fish on the run line okay uh it's now the yankees time scott you'd be pleased to hear um i'm going to tell you first about DraftKings. uh college football is back this weekend like uh traditions tailgates and all the great offers from DraftKings sports we uh, right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly if you bet just $5 on any college football bet. Uh, Dylan, who's the college football bet of the week? Are you a college man? Yeah, I like uh, Jackson State. I also like New Mexico minus the points. So I said Jacksonville State earlier in the week. Okay. Hey, so yeah. On the same page. Okay. We've had Ohio thrown out and Notre Dame as well. So there you go. Parley, all of them bad boys. Um, kick off the season with DraftKings Sports. Download the app. Use the code SGP. New customers score $200 in bonus bets instantly if you bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. The SGP Patreon uh, is a great place to get across to. Check it out for things like the NFL Win Totals Contest. Got a $1,000 first place prize. The um, Stories podcast is live up there featuring this uh, this episode. It's the birth of the network, uh, which is a great tale. Um, the Discord channel is a belter as well. So help us with the fight against corporate gambling. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. 640 pitches, the New York Yankees at the Tampa Bay Rays. Garrett Cole for the Yankees and Zach Eflin for the Rays. Plus 120 on the Yankees, minus 136 on the Rays. Seven or a seven and a half as a total. Scott, when on earth was the last time you we just seen Garrett Cole at plus 120? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I don't know, maybe on the Pirates? Or plus anything. Like, I was say, maybe on the Pirates back in the day? I know with Houston, he definitely wasn't getting plus 120. Uh, well, this is kind of the problem, because the Yankees have been giving us a free fade for the last couple of weeks, and they've been a massive favorite price in pretty much all these games. Now the markets have kind of adjusted, because they realize it doesn't even matter if Cole's pitching, because this team can't win. So... That's the tricky part. Uh, do I want to fade Cole at like minus 135? I think Tampa's going to win the game. Having said that, I think there might be a little bit of value on the first five under. I still think Cole's a good pitcher. He's the favorite to win the Cy Young. I'm not going to suddenly roast Garrett Cole. It's not his fault the offense can't do anything. So I'm going to go with the under. I think that once again, the Yankees offense has been doing nothing besides Judge, who has four home runs in the last two games. I think the Yankees went one for ten with runners in scoring position today, so they can't get any big hits, and you're assuming Cole will be able to do his thing. I like the first five under. It's probably going to be at four, but I do think you're going to see a lower scoring game early on. This is the type of game Tampa's going to win, like three to one, something like that. You know, Cole does his thing, seven innings, two runs, still picks up the loss because, you know, the Yankees don't care about supporting him. I'll be on the first five under. I think you're going to see a lower scoring game. Dylan? Yeah, getting a plus 120 with Cole is very tempting. I'll say that, but I, I kind of skinning it the same way. I'm going to take the Yankees first five plus at half. I do think Cole can keep the Yankees in the game to the first half of the game. Uh, hopefully even have the lead. You know, Cole and the Yankees, they played the Rays down in Tampa earlier in the month, and Yankees were up 5-2 in the first inning in one of the games, and even back in May, they were up through the first five innings down in Tropicana as well. So he does pitch well on the road. He's favored to win the Cy Young for a reason, so... I hope I hope the bats could wake up for him tomorrow. Keep it close, at least tied going through the first five, and we could cash. But at plus one twenty with Cole on the mound, I mean it is very tempting. I don't think we'll ever get this, especially on the road. But uh, I'm going to take him first. You can take five. Tampa team total under if you want to just completely ignore the offense and just back Cole by yeah. himself. Yeah, that's smart too. Yeah, I like team total for Twins as well. And uh, also, um, I'm going to take the Yankees first five pl- plus a half. Um, yeah, the Yankees for me. Uh, first of all, that win yesterday against Washington meant they avoided the third, only the third 10-game losing streak in their history. That would have been. They'd lost nine in a row. But they're, they're literally a one-man team. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the highlights this morning and Aaron Judge hit three homers, which is great because he's killing Captain Insano for me in our matchup. Um, and then he comes up to day and hits one off his first pitch, uh, the first pitch he saw. Uh, but then, I don't know if you saw, 
so the one nothing up, you're talking basics. The gas yoga hits one off the wall to right centre, pulls in at second base. Oh, you mean um, when he gets thrown out of third base? Yeah, of fucking course. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, so I think Volpe comes up, grounds it to third. Um, the gas yoga that takes off, get tags out. Obviously, as a result, Volpe gets to stand at first because they got the lead runner. Corbin then comes out the stretch, Volpe takes off, and they get him in a rundown. So you make two base running errors. It was absolutely unfathomable what they attempted. Um, and whisper it quietly, Tampa Bay might be back. Uh, they won eight of 11, uh, 7.6 runs per game this month, 16 homers this month. Um, and you just said the Yankees went one for 10 uh, with runners in scoring position tonight. Tampa Bay Rays this month are hitting 393 with runners in scoring position. Um, I've looked at the under, but I'd want another half a run. I'd want it to see eight. It doesn't. I'm just going to take Tampa dead straightforward. Minus 136, please. Uh, 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The Colorado Rockies at the Baltimore Orioles. Um, this is the one game that's off the board, and I don't know why. Um, well, I don't, I don't I see do. a picture for Baltimore. So, I, right, I, so, I have I have lines. Uh, DraftKings opened up lines. You want them real quick? Um, uh, so Kyle Freeland just going for the Rockies. Lefty being confirmed all day, and I'm only just this second. So Cole Irvin listed uh, another left-handed pitcher for Baltimore, and Dylan has the lines for it. Yeah, minus one eighty-five for the Orioles, plus one fifty-four for the Rockies. Uh, Over/under is nine, minus one twenty towards the over, even money on the under. Minus one and a half for the Orioles, plus one ten, plus one and a half for the Rockies is minus one thirty. This is my game as well. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take another run line. Give me the Orioles minus one and a half at plus one ten. I'm I'm actually really surprised we're getting one of the best teams at home at plus money on the run line. Rockies are not good, and they're even worse on the road. While Orioles, like I said, they're wagons at home. They've uh, last six wins at home. They've all come by the run line. And Kyle Freeland, he's he's just a total fade in my opinion right now. And Corey Irving, whether he goes five or two or three innings, he's been really good for this Oriole team this uh, month. Only one run given up in 14 innings in the month of August. So I'm not going to overthink this one. Getting plus 110 on the run line is a really good price, I think. So I'm going to take the Orioles here on the run line. Scott? Yeah, I got nothing to add. I'll take the Orioles run line of plus money. I think that, once again, you're getting one of the better teams in the league against one of the worst road teams year in, year out that traded away pretty much all its offensive star power or everyone's hurt. There's really nothing to like about Colorado. So, yeah, I'll go with Baltimore as well. Yeah, my, I've got the same play. It's it's a bit lazy, but uh, Freeland's <laughs> given up three or four every start. And Irving's found something. Uh, yeah. he's, he's gone from these um, relief appearances to a couple of starts. He's been absolutely fine. This Baltimore lineup is just relentless. It's absolutely yeah. relentless. It's got the little vibes of how Tampa were going early in the season, uh, where you just don't get a minute's rest against them. Any one of them can damage you. 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The Chicago Cubs at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kyle Hendricks for the Cubbies. And Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh, minus 122 the Cubs, plus 110 Pittsburgh, and the total is nine. Kyle Hendricks is five and six on the year, 383 ERA. His recent numbers are somewhat inflated by your pasting he received in Atlanta on the 4th of August, which is fair enough. Atlanta have pasted better pitchers uh, than Kyle Hendricks. But other than that, he's been fine. Uh, five or more occasionally in his pitch, maximum three. Earned runs, and he's better on the road. He's got a two eighty six road ERA. Um, Keller is ten and eight on the year with a four twenty two ERA, and actually has a similar profile in that he's got one bad start at Milwaukee, 
I think it was the same week, 4th of August, 3rd, 4th of August. Um, other than that, he's been fine as well. I think both pitches can go well here. Uh, a bit of a slow burner, and I will take a first five under, Scott. I think for this one, I'm going to go with the Cubs. Hendricks, I was roasting earlier this year, but he has been a little bit better lately. Keller was really bad post-All-Star break, but he's kind of re- he's regained his form a little bit. But it's mostly just getting the much better team at a cheap price. Pittsburgh, we know, is not a great team. They've been you know, respectable at times offensively, but for the most part, we know the Cubs are a better team. So I do think, once again, you're getting a Cubs team that's still playing for something. Pittsburgh only has pride, but I do think when you're looking at how these teams match up, I think we'd agree that the Cubs are the more talented team on paper. So I'm going to go with the Cubs here. I just think they'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, I think the prices are absolutely spot on. Like, perfectly priced. So when I looked at that, I had a little a little rise smile of, yeah, okay. You, the book's got us there. Uh, Dylan? Yeah, I actually grabbed a, a flyer on the, the Pirates when they opened up a plus 120. I grabbed that. Uh, I only made the Cubs a minus 110 favorite. I, I think the Pirates actually have a shot here. Like Scott was saying, Mitch Keller, he's been a little better recently. And at home, he's just much better than on the road. He hasn't been that poor either at home. He just really isn't getting the run support that he needs to win the game. But, you know, they've been scoring a little more recently, averaging around 5.6 runs per game. So, I feel like if they could score five, six runs off Hendricks in that bullpen, I think they are live at home. So I'll take a flyer on the puppy. Uh, 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. It is the Lizard Eater, uh, Miles Miklis, going for the cards. And Christopher Sanchez, left-handed pitcher, goes for Philadelphia. We have lines of, let me see. Can't find him. There they are. Plus 115 for the Cardinals, minus 132 for Philadelphia. Total is nine and a half, Scott. Yeah, for this one, I think I'm just going to take Philly. It's really difficult to back the Cardinals in this spot when you have a contact-friendly pitcher against a lineup that's been as good as the Phillies lineup has been for the last couple of months at this point, especially with Trey Turner remembering how to play baseball. But for this one, I'm going to go with the Phillies. The Cardinals are, I don't want to call it the exact same game as the game we just talked about with the Cubs, but... It kind of feels that way where you're looking at a pitching matchup where it's kind of even, but one team is still competing for something and one team's clearly better than the other team. I just feel like the price is too short. I'll take the Phillies. Dylan? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Minus 132 with the Phillies. I made him a minus 160 favorite. I just think the Phillies have the pitching advantage here with uh, Christopher Sanchez. He's been better than his record indicates. He's only allowed more than three runs one time at home this whole season. So, And I really don't like what Miles Mikolas at all, especially this month. Two or more runs given up in six of his last seven games. Phillies are just a much better team at home. So maybe one of those unit and a half plays, but minus 132, I think that is, I, th- I think they are the right side here. I'm getting a right big in my bonnet about Miles Miklis. I like, need to start a podcast on things Miles Miklis, terrible things that Miles Miklis has done. So we went for the lizard eating, and then he plunked. Who did he plunk and got turfed out? Was it Contreras, maybe? Oh, it was happy we hit, I thought. Oh, yeah, for no fucking good reason. No, Contreras so, was the one who got hit by the bat, and then he and they were fine, yeah. instead. Everyone was fine about it. It was purely an accident, apart from Miklis. Um, Peter Alonso accidentally threw that ball into the crowd, this week. That's great. Mason Wynn. Was it Mason Wynn? Yeah. His first hit. And again, purely by accident, Alonso was completely and utterly apologetic. He was a bit distraught. They got the ball back. Everyone was fine, except Miles Mikolas, who stood at the end of the bench, not even in the game. It just barked pure vitriol at Alonso. 
Like you, the bloke's a lunatic. Like the more I the year about him, the more I dislike him. Uh, in that case, I'll take Philly at minus one thirty-two. And can I just say real quick, Pete Alonso's very cheap. Did you hear what he gave him afterwards? He gave him like a sign bat, sign card, and was it tequila and, and tequila? <laughs> Come on, tequila. <laughs> he got the ball back though. He did uh, get the ball did. back as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but he did that's say it was an honest mistake, but that's well, yeah. hilarious. Everyone knew that, except Miles Mickles. Uh 707 Eastern first pitch. Cleveland Guardians at the Toronto Blue Jays. Tanner Beebe for Cleveland and Chris Bassett for Toronto. The Lions are plus 130 on Cleveland, minus 155 on Toronto uh, with a total of 8.5 yeah, going to go with a total here, under 8.5, minus 118. My total came out to a low, 7.7. I actually like both of these pitchers a lot. Chris Bassett, he's one of those guys you want to back at home. And Tanner Beebe, he's been really solid since the beginning of July. He faced uh, the Blue Jays earlier in the month. He went seven scoreless innings. The game finished one nothing. Both of these teams, I think I said it a few pods ago, but they've both been dead under teams this whole season and the the one four game series they had in the beginning of the month all four games went under this series back-to-back games finished one nothing that's what these teams do they're just a low scoring team so i think we see another low scoring game maybe four two four one kind of game but under eight and a half seems a lot seems too big so i'll go under here okay uh, one vote for the under scott yeah i agree I really don't have much more to add. Cleveland's offense, we've been roasting for a while. Toronto, we know, can be head cases at times, but I'm still a bit distracted by how ugly the series was the last time they faced off against each other. Eight and a half, I just think, is too high. Bassett, you mentioned before, has been good at home. Uh, BB, I like. I think he's a very underrated pitcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm going to go with the under in this game as well. Um, I think the same, and I found a different way of backing it. So um, I love BB. He's been brilliant. He's been reliable and excellent. Chris Bassett's been really good as well. Cleveland today have got that double header uh, that they need. Well, double header. They've had to resume a game against the Dodgers that was rained out in the. They're about to get swept in the double header because I think the Dodgers (laughs) have the bases loaded Um, ending up one with no outs. (laughs) Yeah, with no outs. So it's not it's not a fun travel spot for them to play sort of one and three quarters of a game today before heading off to Toronto. And in that first game, obviously because the, the starting pitcher had to go out from the day before, they'd used five relief pitchers. Uh, so I don't know what's happened in this second game. So Toronto late tomorrow, live bet might be a good thing. Um, but I'd say Cleveland team total under is going to be my pick, which is a bit clunky. But really like Bassett, I think it could limit Cleveland anyway. But it could certainly uh, limit Cleveland who were a little bit tired and a bit half-arsed after this doublehead at the day. Uh, so I'll take a Cleveland team total on the under, which does play into the profiles of the game that you boys handicapped. So happy with that. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, the LA Dodgers at the Boston Red Sox. Um, Lance Lynn for the Dodgers, officially TBD for Boston, uh, but we think it's Cutter Crawford. Uh, minus 108, the Dodgers. Minus 112 Boston. Total is up there. Ten and a half. It's a big one. Uh, Scott? For this one, it's a bit tricky because it's going to be... It's going to sound intimidating to try to fade a team that scored 17 runs yesterday. But based on how good the Dodgers have been for the last couple of weeks, I just think this price is too short. I know the Red Sox have been good, too. I'm aware that, once again, the Red Sox are fighting for a playoff spot and they have not been in any slouches in their own right. But getting the Dodgers at this cheap price does feel like a bargain because they're really not in many pick'em games at this point. 
Lance Lynn, I criticize the acquisition. He's been fine for the Dodgers, but Crawford's been pretty good lately too. But if you're asking me which team I think is better, I think it's the Dodgers, which team's in better form. The Dodgers are one of the hottest teams in the league. I just think for value, I think the Dodgers are the play because, once again, you're not typically getting them at this cheap price when they've been this good for the past month and a half. I'm going to lean to the Dodgers in this spot. Okay, Dodgers, Scott Dillon. Yeah, I can't believe the Dodgers are underdogs in this spot. I mean, I, I get Lance Lynn is going for them, but like Scott said, you know, he's actually been really good since coming over. I made him a minus one twenty five favorite. I think that might be a little too big, but minus one away, I, I'll take the short dog price with them on the road. Red Sox have been solid. Uh, no, there's no doubt in that, but let's not pretend the Dodgers aren't the hottest team in the league right now. And uh, you know, like I said, Lance looked his uh, looked good since coming over from the White Sox. Maybe it was the change of scenery that he needed, but. I don't like really back and cutter Crawford at home. You know, he's given up two or more runs in five straight games at home. So overall team, uh, it has to be the Dodgers minus one Oh eight, very short price. Let me go with them. I'm completely the other side. I'm taking Boston here. Um, Lane has been outstanding his last three, but four of his last five, he's pitched that to him. And I don't want one road. Um, Boston can get to it. Boston have been getting to most people. They've, Hit homers in what was 20 of the 21 games in August. Uh, make that 21 of 22. Verdugo hit one um, leading off tonight, a lead off homer. Uh, so, yeah, Boston are just a good price. It's a, it's a, it's a close game, a fair prices. Uh, but I don't want Lynn on the road. And I, I like Cutter Crawford. Um, he's sort of in and out of the rotation this year for various reasons. But I like him and I do like this Boston line. Um, so I'm going to give uh, Boston a chance to get on here. Seven oh seven ten back to the top of the page we go. Uh, the LA Angels at the New York Mets. Uh, the Angels officially TBD. I think it's Tyler Anderson going for them. And we have Kodai Seng. So oh, okay. Uh Dylan, can you split the tie? I, I did see Tyler Anderson, but I don't ESPN know. right now has Sandoval listed, so maybe it's gonna be one or the other. We'll see. Yeah, okay. So we got one or the other. We've got plus 114 on the Angels. We have minus 135 on the Mets with a total of eight. Um, and I've got ha- Anderson handicapped. Uh, it makes a little bit of a difference because Sandoval is better than Anderson. Um, I thought the first thing I've got written down, the Angels v. the Mets, it's like two fat blokes arguing over a salad. Like yeah. neither of them want whatever's on offer in this game. Um, neither of them are really interested in it. Um but one of them is going to win. It's it's uh, it's inevitable. Kodai Senga will start with. He's been ten and six at home with a three nineteen ERA, um, and he's been outstanding lately. Uh, two ninety three in his last five. He's five and two at home with a two sixty three ERA. The Mets have won four of his last five. I had it down as a pretty straightforward pick. Um, I don't want anything to do with the Angels for a start. Obviously the Otani thing and the Trout thing. And you don't know what effect that's had on the clubhouse as well, really. Um, but I look at Sandoval's numbers. They're, they're fine, uh, if it is him. 2-2-2-4-2 uh, two, 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 two in his last four starts. So pretty middling, like, and the Angels have lost all four and lost a load of them. In fact, they've lost all four by a shitload. They've lost 18-4, to 12-0, to 8-3, So the nearest they've got to their opposition is within four runs. Um, and that's with the better of the two pitches. That's convinced me even more. Either way, give me the Mets at minus 135, Dylan. 
Yeah, you know, uh, really the only time I like backing the Mets is at home when Senga's on the mound. Uh, grabbing a minus one thirty-five, I think that I think that is a good price. I think the number is still fine. Senga, at home, he he just pitches better in Queens for whatever reason. While you mention it, you know the Angels, they're. They have no fight in them right now. They're hurt, and they've lost four in a row. They lost Otani. That, and then the first day Mike Trout comes back, he goes right back on the IL. Well, so, what's uh, the rule with Otani, by the way? So he's not pitching anymore, but he's still going to be in the lineup? They're not yeah. shutting him down entirely, correct? No, just pitching. Okay, that's what well, I like to see. Like- he got the news at half in the half between the doubleheader and then went out and just hit another home run immediately. Like, mm. the bloke's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, I've got you know, to stop saying blokes. It's confusing everyone as yeah. well. The man, good. I, I just think this team is done. You know, it seems like they kind of checked out, and I kind of like the Mets as well. But I, I, I just don't know where the runs are going to come from for the Angels, to be honest. So I, I think they have the better pitcher who pitches much better in Queens. So give me the Mets. Uh, I think he performs really well tomorrow. So give me them on the money line minus one thirty-five. Okie doke. Two for the Mets. Team right, Scott. I'm actually going to take the Mets run one. I'll go for the plus Ooh, money price fancy. here. Uh, nice. I just think when you're looking at, once again, how these teams match up, you can argue that these teams are pretty even, but with the injuries to... Well, Tani's still in the lineup, so I don't even know if that counts. But with Trout being injured still, I think morale-wise, the team's shot. But Sanga's been really good, and you're looking at Sandoval, who's been kind of hit or miss, but he gives up some base runners, which is concerning. But I think when you're looking at this overall price... The Mets, despite being a bad baseball team, which they are, tied for last place, shout out to the Nationals, but still, they are above 500 at home. They're 31-28 and 28 at City Field, so they have been a good home team all season long, and you do have a West Coast team traveling east, which is usually not a good look. I'll go with the Mets' run line. It's going to be a pretty nice plus price because, once again, you are the home team, so you're losing it at bat maybe in the, in the ninth inning. But I'll go with the Mets' run line. I think it's going to be a good plus price against a team that I want nothing to do with. Scott, do you think Mike Trout is overrated? Overrated is not the right word because talent-wise, he's one of the best players of the modern generation. I do think when you're looking at his overall body of work, I can't call him a what-if, but I think he's not as big of a franchise-altering player as people think. So it's tough to call somebody that overrated because when he's healthy, he's the reincarnation of Ken Griffey Jr. Like It's really tough to fully break somebody down like that, but I have to point out he's had basically no clutch moments in his entire career but baseball is a team sport. So I'll call him the Felix Hernandez of hitting. Can I call him that? Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll tell you what he fits into for me. We talked about Steven Strasburg earlier on. When I came into baseball, all you heard about was Mike Trout, this, that, and the other. And But I think I missed all of that because he hasn't done an awful lot since. He's certainly not been franchise altered because the franchise hasn't altered. Um so it's just someone I haven't seen any of that great. He has good seasons, but he's in the glob of other good players who do some good things and disappear for a bit and have peaks and drops and injuries. Um, well, the argument so is trying- if you would extrapolate his numbers for a full season, then his numbers would be insane. But yeah. he gets hurt every year, which is not your problem. That's his problem. So yeah. if you want to factor in durability, then I guess, yes, he's a little bit overrated because he can't stay healthy. But based on talent, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. Like yeah. I, I can't forget what he is when he's healthy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, like his talent is off the charts when healthy, but that's the thing. Your best he's availability. Always he's always hurt, and he's only in his th- in like the playoffs. They really he really didn't do anything. He's batting 083 with a hit and a home run in three games in his postseason career. So you're like you said, he doesn't have that defining moment. Can I compare him to like Embiid? 
I mean, Embiid only has one MVP award. It's a different sport, but they have no playoff success whatsoever. Yeah. They've not really had any big moments at all, and you can't really rely on them late in the year because they're always hurt. Is that a fair comparison? No, I think that is fair. Can't get past the second round. Embiid's a basketball man. I know that. That is correct. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Good job. There we go. Yeah. Hey, check out the big brain on me. Um, I think the saddest thing about Trout this season when he asked Mookie Betts in the World Baseball Classic, is this what the playoffs is like? It's just like uh, a, the sort of thing that should have a sad trumpet playing in the background. Like It's, yeah. it's just heartbreaking. Um, also, I'm not going to say that he's fully overrated. All I am going to say is with the, with the World Baseball Classic, zero part of me thought Trout was getting on base. And that had died. Uh, yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> At no point did I think he was going to get on base. Did you? I was in, I, at no, I was no point did I think he was going to get on base. I'd love to see it come down to that, though. You do. I didn't say that it wasn't a great moment. I'm just yeah. saying at no point did I have faith in Trout to actually get on base in that, mm-hmm, in that uh, at bat. Okay, 7-10 Eastern uh, first pitches the Oakland Athletics at the Chicago White Sox. We have Zach Neal for Oakland, and Dylan Cease will go for the White Sox. The lines are... Plus 176 for Oakland, minus 198 for Chicago, and the total is eight and a half, Dylan. Yeah, very ugly series here in Chicago. Um, Munaf and I were talking yesterday about how there'll be a lot of runs in this series, which I I think could also be the case here in this game, but we're getting plus money on the White Sox on the run line, and I think if you want to back a side in this game, getting plus money against one of the worst teams in the league, I feel like has a little value in it. You know, White Sox are coming off that walk-off win against Red Hot Mariner team. Maybe they could carry a little momentum into this series. One they should actually win. You know, Zach Neal going for the A's, kind of a relief guy, but he's just awful. In games where he's come out for the second inning, he's he's allowed a run and received a loss in all of those games. So... Not some really, uh, not someone I really want to back. And Dylan sees he really hasn't had the best season, but he has been solid in the month uh, August at home, especially. So, White Sox are the better team. They should win this game. Getting plus money on the run line, I'm going to hold my breath and take the White Sox on the run line. Scott, I don't have anything of value for this game. I, I don't like anything <laughs> involving these teams. So, if you bet on this game, maybe you should go to a meeting. I do personally think that Cease is the most overrated pitcher in the league, or he's up there. I think last year was a fluke. If you just go through his overall career numbers, I think last year was an anomaly, and I think that he's a standard middle rotation guy. People pretend he's an elite pitcher because of one season. But once again, the Athletics are using a reliever who has an ERA north of eight, and the team's terrible. And according to Malcolm, they got a double-A lineup out there every day. So I don't know what there is to like in this game. I... Guess I'm going to lean to, I, I, I mean, go off total bases I don't mind, with which is what Matthew's mentioning. I like Anderson hits. I think Anderson has a standard two-for-four game here. I can see him going for two-plus hits here, but it's mostly player props. I really don't like anything involving the lines here because I'm not laying 190 with the White Sox. That's not going to happen. And Oakland, once again, is a double-A team. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. So give me some player props, and I'm just going to pass. Yeah, uh, Matthew and, and Trev in the chat like uh, Geloff player props. Um, if Dylan Cease went to a team that had some player development, I think it'd be great. I think in like two years' time, um, we'll see Dylan Cease on somebody like the Marlins um, pitching uh, really, really well. I took the over here. Um, Moonaf and Dylan said last night it was going to be an over series. Don't really want any part of it. This will be way down my list of things I want to bet on a Friday night. Um, but if I was forced, going to be it over eight and a half. 
eight tennis in the first pitch. The Texas Rangers at the Minnesota Twins. Dane Dunning for the Rangers. And Sonny Gray goes for Minnesota. Plus 110 on Texas. Minus 125 on Minnesota. Total is eight and a half. Dane Dunning, nine and five. 319 ERA. He's been rolling along really nicely. Um, his last five starts, he's given up 3-1-3-1-3. That means it's one tomorrow. He's got a 298 road ERA. Uh, Sonny Gray gave up four and runs last time. I think... Probably because we handicapped him. I keep saying we say I, I handicapped him quite positively. Uh, so probably jinxed him. Gave up four and runs, and that's as bad as it gets. I think for Sunny Gray, uh, Texas have kind of been scuffling lately. This is a really tight game. Um, I actually thought it should have been tighter on the books. But I'm going to take the under. I think Dunning and Gray will both go well. Uh, I'll take the under eight and a half, please, uh, Scott. Yeah, for this one, I I'm kind of leaning with you with the eight and a half, but. I really have not been a fan about Gray's performance since the first couple months of the season. He's been fine, but he set the bar really high. So I think that, once again, some of it's just regression back to the mean. Dunning's been really good this year. I was not expecting Dunning to be a borderline ace of the staff, but here we are. Having said that, Texas not good on the road. And in my personal opinion, I still think Texas is not going to win this division. I don't know who's going to win it, but I I don't think it's going to be Texas. I think they're going to end up losing the division. So... I, there might be a little bit of value in Minnesota, but I'm really not a Sonny Gray guy. I, I'm a biased Yankees fan. Deal with it. So I'm going to lean to the under in this one, but it's mostly because Texas is a 500 team on the road, so I'm not sold in them in this environment either. I'll lean to the first five under, but I really don't have much on this game either. It feels pretty close, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. It was, re- it was hard. It was a hard game to handicap. Uh, Dylan, how did you do it? Yeah, I agree. I think this was the toughest game to handicap on the board. I think the the numbers are spot on right now. But gun to my head, I guess I take the small lean with the Rangers getting plus 110. I think they'll be able to turn it around. I don't know if they'll win the division, but I do think they'll be better. You know, if they lost six in a row, they're only in first place by a game. They need to win this series. And I think Dane Dunning hasn't been all that bad on the road. I, I don't think there's much of a drop-off between him and uh, Sonny Gray. I, I agree with Scott. I'm not a big Sonny Gray fan either. Uh, I just trust this offense. It will eventually break, break out of this slump. So, I just think there's a little value here with the better team. So plus 110, I'll take a shot here with the Rangers. I like Sonny Gray's accent. Uh, I'm not sure where he's from. Uh, but I, can I like his nickname. Talk. What is it? Pickles. Pickles. Is there a, should I be getting this myself or do you need to tell me? I don't know where it came from, but I'm pretty sure oh, it's okay. Sonny Gray's nickname. Okay, yeah, that is a solid. I'm a huge, this is a conversation for another day, but I'm a huge nickname fan. Um, I'm sort of in charge of nicknames around here. Uh, if there's a nickname to be dished out, I'm the man. What's who yours? Gets to dish- oh, again, it's a story for another day, mate. I've got dozens of them. Um, uh, none of them would make any sense, but yeah, make me. I, I don't know where see. the pickles nickname came from, but I just remember one time here, it's like, yeah, pickles back on the man. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Sonny Gray. Same like, shit like that. But at least so- like for it- hockey, you have Vlasic, which makes sense. His nickname's pickles because Vlasic is a pickle brand. Like that makes sense. I don't know where uh, Sonny okay. Gray came from. A good nickname with a good story is one of my favourite things. Um, 8-10 Eastern first pitch, the San Diego Padres and the Milwaukee Brewers. Hugh Darvish for the Padres and Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers. Lines are plus 112 for the Friars. It is minus 125 for the Brew Crew. Total is set at 8 for Scott. Yeah, I'm going to take the Brew Crew. I can't stand the Padres and I don't know what to expect from them in a game-in-game-out basis. 
Milwaukee, once again, is a team that's not going to wow you when you watch them on TV, but they somehow end up with more runs than the other team more often than not, so I'll take the Brewers. It just feels like with Woodruff being at home, Woodruff is one of those pitchers who's really, really good, but he's always injured, but when he pitches, he's really good. Darvish has been a bit of a mess this year, but it's mostly fading San Diego, who I just can't trust. I'll take Milwaukee at home. Okay, Dylan takes Milwaukee. Sorry, Scott takes Milwaukee. Dylan, where are you going? You there? Hello, Dylan. You're on mute. Hello? Test? Oh, no, no. I, I'm here. My fault. Uh, Brewers Padres, right? No, my yep. internet went out. My fault. Uh, but no, I, I like the Brewers here at home. I got them at minus 115. Another team that kind of has been catching fire. They won five in a row, and you know, they're trying to distance themselves between them, the Cubs, and the Reds. I do think they'll win the division, but I'll take them uh, on the short number, minus 118. I made them a minus 140 favorite. I like what I've seen from Woodruff since returning. They won four of his last five starts, while the Padres are just not good on the road. They've lost five of uh, you Darvish's last six starts. So give me the Brewers to keep it rolling. And by the way, I was looking up uh, how he got the name uh, Pickles. Ah, so he, okay. He was in Oakland and people were just throwing around the the um, the name and he goes, I don't know why, but I just chuckled and I kind of liked it. I don't know why. I really don't have a good answer. So there is no origin story. He just liked no. somebody who yelled Pickles at him. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. See, that's, that's good enough for me. I'm all for it. Sign me up. I like him even more than I did. Um, where are we going? I'm taking Milwaukee uh, again. It's a good price. I don't want don't just look around for things for reasons not to take the Padres. And if I can find one, um, I'll fade them. And I found lots pretty quickly here uh, with Jarvis four and his last two starts. Uh, the Brews are rolling. The Brews won five in a row. Um, the so the home and road records: uh, 35-27. The Brews at home, twenty-six and thirty-four. The Padres on the road. It's a big old difference. Give me the Brewers at minus 125. Um, yeah, we're, the chats, I'm trying to talking ourselves into a Sunny Gray K prop here. We might have stumbled one across. Uh, Trev's got the Rangers with a very high strikeout rate on the road recently. And Sunny Gray's been striking batters out 8, 10, 7, and 7 in his last four. So that might be a play for tomorrow. Uh, we move on to. 9.40 Eastern first pitch. Oh, we're running out of time. Quick here, boys. Uh, Cincinnati Reds at the Arizona Diamondbacks. We have Brett Kennedy for Cincinnati. We have Brandon Fart for Arizona. The lines are... All the time we've wasted tonight is me trying to find my notes. Uh, Cincinnati plus 145. Arizona minus 162. Total is 9, Dylan. Yeah, going with the total here, give me the over nine. My total came out to 9.9, almost a 10. So, yeah, I really like the over here. I think the price on the snakes, it's gotten a little out of hand. But, you know, I, I do see a lot of runs in this game. Brandon, uh, I'll say just far because you say it. He's just been awful at home. While Brett Kennedy for the Reds, he's gone over in both of his starts on the road. This sets up perfectly for an over fart. He's given up three or more runs in six of his last seven home start. His hard hit rate is around the high 50s at at home so yeah, I just think the D-backs are going to tee off of him and I also think the Reds will be able to score some off of Kennedy as well. Nine seems a little too small so I'm going to go over here. Were you laughing at the fact that you said fart there Dylan? Is that what made yeah, you laugh? Yeah, yeah. I thought we were over that. We stopped laughing at fart in May. Come on. No, we're I'm a kid. That. We're better than that. Um, the over was my play as well. Uh, although fart eventually did show us what we've been waiting for all season last time. He had a really good start. Um, and 
they say Kennedy, they're, they're just, it just sounds like you're over, doesn't it? In both of these teams, uh, Ellie Dela Cruz have been doing mad things again this week. Both of these teams have been funky lately, so yeah, I'll take an over nine, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over as well. Kennedy's actually been decent, but he was kind of a reliever turned starter, but his ceiling is five innings. And you're looking at Fod, maybe he's going to pitch well, maybe he won't, but he doesn't go much length either. With these bullpens, have some have fun. I'm going to go with the over. I can see some <laughs> late-game heroics from both sides. But at nine, I think this is a little bit low. I think each team gets the four, which means you're looking at a minimum of a push. I'll go with the over. The penultimate game on the show is Cowboy time, 10-10 Eastern first pitch between the Kansas City Royals and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Brady Singer for Kansas City and Bryce Miller for Seattle. Um, the lines are plus 170 for KC. Minus 192 for Seattle and a total of seven and a half slash eight if you want it, Scott. So for this one, I'm a little bit torn because Singer was really good against the Mariners a couple starts ago, but he's been really bad on the road this season. And Miller, I acknowledge, has been kind of an underrated pitcher for the Mariners, but it's a huge price, as it should be, because the Royals are a terrible team. Having said that, with Singer on the mound, this price feels a little bit too high to me. Like, I don't have much on this, but I think I'll lean Royals first five. I think Singer can hang in there. I think he'll pitch decently, but it's mostly just, once again, seeing a massive number and not really wanting to lay it. Singer's been good in the second half of the year. I'll lean to Singer in the spot at a pretty big plus price. Yeah, that, my handicap was based on wanting something to do with Singer in the first five as well, um, because he has been good. And the home road splits, I think, more to do with his overall form rather than where that form occurred, and he has been outstanding lately. Um, and Bryce Miller's been really good. He's, he's been mm. uh, he's pitched well against better opposition than this as well, so there's no reason to expect him not to go well. Total's a little bit low, but um, I'm going to take a first five under here. Um, I think both pitchers can get involved in a bit of a duel, Dylan. Yeah, Mariners coming off that tough uh, walk-off loss to the White Sox, but I do like him, them in this spot on the run line. Uh, grab the plus 112. Any any plus price is good. Uh, Brady Singer on the road, 675 ERA. He's given up 40 runs in 53 innings. Batters are hitting 320 off of him. Scott said it. He did have a nice start at home against the, this Mariner team, but on the road, he's just a different pitcher, in my opinion. And, and I, I agree. I do like Bryce Miller. Outside of that start against the Red Sox, he's been solid at home so i think we're getting the much better team the better pitcher getting plus 112 on the run line at home i i think that's some value there so i'm going to take the mariners on the run line finally on the slate is the 10:15 eastern first pitch the atlanta braves at the san francisco giants spencer strider for the braves and logan webb goes for san francisco minus 155 for atlanta plus 136 for the giants total is seven and a half Spencer Strider, 14 and 4, 357 ERA. Had a little wobble um, recently, but he's back from that. His last two starts have both gone seven innings and both been scoreless. Um, was it Washington and the Giants, I think? Uh, so the, the, his last start was against uh, San Francisco. So really, you've got to ask yourself have they got the adjustments in them? Uh, from that last start. Would they have not, one hit? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure they have got any adjustments. He stuck out 10 batters. I know that's his thing. Um, but I just think he can go and do it again. Uh, Marcelo Zuna has been great as well. He was eight, eight for 11 so far uh, in the current series against the Mets. Um, 
is small sellers, you know, batting nine as well. It's ridiculous. Uh, Logan Webb is eight and eight on the year, 336 ERA. He's been really good as well. 286 ERA in his last five. He pitched at Atlanta in his last game. Um, four earned runs on nine hits in six innings, which isn't terrible, but it's not enough to win. It's going to be the same game. Strider gives up one or two. Webb gives up three or four. Um, and Atlanta can punish them a little bit later on as well. Atlanta on the run line is plus 105. I think they'll beat them by three or four, Scott. I like Atlanta, but I also like the under in this game. I just think Strider's going to pitch well once again. The Giants not only strike out a lot, but they're really bad against lefties, which is a perfect combo for Strider. I think he's going to pitch well again. Webb I do like in general, but it's also going to be in San Francisco, which tends to be a very pitchers-friendly ballpark. The last time they played with Strider on the mound, the Braves won 4 nothing. Sounds about right to me. I see like yeah. a 3-1 game, something like that. I'll lean to the under, but I also like the Braves. Dylan. I'm going to go on the other side. I'll take the fire, the home puppy. I'll take the Giants here. Uh, my numbers only made the Braves a minus 130 favorite. Uh, I think at this number, it's worth taking a look at Logan Webb at home, where we usually do like to back him. At home, he always gives the Giants a chance to win. The question is, can they score off a of strider? You know, they're they're just four and six in his last 10 games, but scoring really hasn't been the problem. It's really been their pitching and defense, allowing three or more runs in the past five games. So I, I think Webb could actually to keep this one close the Braves offense hasn't been as hot as I think you know we're really used to seeing this season so uh, I'll take a shot here with the with the puppy the home dog I'll take the giant a plus 136 missed your home puppies Dylan that was a it was a feature uh, it was one of your catchphrases last year okay 15 games in the book we did well to fight back uh, time wise there boys um so, Lock and Dog to come, and we will lose the lead off. Scott, go for it. Yeah, uh, so for this one, for the lock, I had a couple of choices, but I do think I am going to end up going with the Reds and the Dimebacks over. I just think you're looking at a spot where both offenses can get rolling here. Both pitchers, even if they pitch well, don't exactly go much length, and both bullpens we know are really, really bad. I see runs in this game, and I see runs of plenty, so I'll go with the over nine in that one. And for my dog, I think I'm actually going to do it. Give me the Mets on the run line at plus wow. 150. I think 150 is a very generous price. You have Sanga at home. The Mets, once again, despite how bad they've been, are still three over at home. So they are a very good home team. But here's a looking at a spot where I think the Angels, once again, morale-wise, might be cooked because a, a Trout got injured again, Otani's hurt, and I don't want anything to do with the Angels. But give me the Mets on the run line at plus 150. I think it's a good price. Dylan. Yeah, uh, lock. I'm going to go to Toronto Blue Jays Guardians. I'm going to take the under eight and a half. Like I said, my total is 7.8. Uh, Chris Bassett, Tanner Baby, they both really good pitchers. Last series, all every all four games went under. I think we see like a three nothing, maybe three one type of game. So, going to go under in that game. And for my dog, I gave out a lot of plus money today, but. Getting plus money on the run line with the Orioles against the Rockies at home is ridiculous. I know Cole Irving, he really, his record really doesn't indicate he's the best pitcher, but I think he's kind of found it in, in the month of August. He, whether he goes two, three innings or five innings, I just think this offense is going to just score a lot of runs off of Kyle Freeland. So plus 110 as my dog Orioles on the run line. Okay. Um, I've got two really simple picks here with two really simple reasons. I am fading the two teams who were struggling a lot. Uh, my luck is the Tampa Bay Rays at minus 136. I watched that Yankees game tonight. Adorable. I don't know yeah. if they can win a game. It's a one-man team. Aaron Judge could roll up. 
uh, and score all the runs. Um, and if they are going to win, it's going cool. But I'm not interested, thanks. I'll take the reason. The Reds have been really good lately as well. Um, everyone was kind of writing them off after they had that little slump, but they've been well and truly back, sort of back to their April form. So uh, the Rays at minus 136, and I would also feed Houston, um, and I'll take Detroit at plus 150. Uh, Houston shellac today, um, little travel spot, and I think Matt Manning might just have figured something out over his last couple of starts. Um, so Detroit at plus 150, and... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we did it. We did it with 90 seconds to spare. Um, Dylan, what's happening the rest of Thursday and the Friday? Do you have work to do? Uh, yeah, some work to do. Uh, NFL article coming out, AFC West Ooh. preview. So that's going. Uh, week zero's a couple sleeps away. And uh, UFC Singapore, 5 a.m. start time. Ooh, you okay. Yeah. Um, what's the main event in that card again? It is um, Max Holloway in the Korean okay. Zombie. I mean... Uh, zombie's gonna get killed but okay fair enough yeah <laughs> all right scott what's your big plans i'll be watching tennis that's basically it that's fair enough everyone i don't know why we just ask you everyone just watching sport and gambling is what we're gonna do um <laughs> i love these friday night premier league games because i'm now only 21 hours away from the premier league begin starting um which is good fun and i'll be at the uh i'm looking forward to the newcastle match on sunday where i will go and get full of the um, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, thanks, everyone who joined us in the chat. Really appreciate it. Good luck with all your bets. We'll be back tomorrow, me and somebody. Might be moon off um, with a little log dog total. But until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>